Hey guys, before we get started, just popping a little message here to let you know ChasingRoos.com is finally live. We're so pumped. Uh, a lot of hard work's gone into this. Uh, thank you for your feedback, early feedback, guys, anyone who, who saw it on our socials or received the email. Um, feedback's been great. People are buying stuff, which is fantastic. Uh, it's the shop, the one-stop shop for international rugby league fans. We've got some great jerseys, singlets, training shirts, everything uh, from developing nations, um, clubs, um, and we just want to keep growing. So we want to we want to be able to offer more and more, help out as many nations as we can, get some exposure, and, and make it a successful business as well. And we need your help to do that, and we appreciate that. And um, yeah, go check it out if you haven't already, and uh, your feedback's always welcome. If you do want to buy, um, we've got a special discount code for kangaroo chasers. Uh, this will change sporadically, so keep listening to find out what the discount code is. This one is a 10% discount code, especially for kangaroo chasers. The code is what is up. Just one word, what is up, no question mark. Uh, it's the same way that I start every episode, and it's the way we're going to start the discount codes. So what is up for 10% off, exclusive for kangaroo chasers at chasingroos.com. Check it out. Buy something nice, support International Rugby League, and uh, let's let's keep growing. Guys, uh, thanks for the support. Um, and one thing I did notice as well, let's roll into an ad, uh, the SPPNG Hunters Kit, which is available on ChasingRoos.com. I found out the other day it was designed by Matt Haynes Sport, which I'm not surprised because they look fucking amazing. Uh, he's done a great job. And, of course, this show is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. Um, you know him. You know him well for his wonderful designs. Uh, and if you've got a club, a nation, a team, or, or even an Oztag team or a netball team or a cricket club, if you need your logos or jerseys designed, then go and see matthainsport.com.au. Uh, let him know you're a kangaroo chaser. You get 10% off there as well on your kit production. So a big thank you to Matt Haynes Sport. Now, guys, enough enough of my advertising. Let's go on with the show for this week. What is up, Kangaroo Chasers? And on this one, chat to a good friend of mine, Ryan Burrows. He, uh, he's the owner of the Washington, D.C. Cavalry from the NARL. Um, he's played for the Nova Eagles in the USARL. He's played for the Wentworthville Magpies over here in Sydney. Played for the Toronto Wolfpack, London Scholars. Played a bit of rugby union for Old Glory D.C. in the MLR. Returned to the Nova Eagles, and now he's the owner of the Washington DC Cavalry. He's played eight games for the USA Hawks. Also played in uh, at the World Recent World Nines here in Sydney in 2019, I think it was, uh, for the USA Hawks as well. Scored a try against the Aussies against the Kangaroos. I didn't mention that in the, in the interview. I wish I did, but I'm going to give him props here because it was a wonderful try to score against the Kangaroos in any form of rugby league nines, thirteens, whatever. He absolutely killed it, and um, the USA nearly scared the Aussies early on in that game. For anyone that recalls it, it was great to be there. It's where I met him. He's a good dude, uh, very honest guy, very very knockabout, everyday sort of guy. Um, we spoke about a whole bunch of things, his career, the cavalry, what to expect from them. He, he sort of went deep into what the club are doing, um, what we can ex- expect from them, how they're different from you know the Brooklyn Kings and the New York sides and things like that as well um, but he was very honest about um, what's going on what happened in the West Conference as well and and you know his thoughts there and gave some insight into 
you know, obviously the West Coast Conference not happening in 2021 now and being postponed. He was very honest about rugby league's relationship with rugby union in Washington in particular, which was very interesting in my mind to me. Um, and he spoke a little bit about, you know, the relationship with the USARL as well. So very open, very honest conversation, very different to the ones we've had so far in our North American Rugby League deep dive. Uh, so great to be continuing these with you guys. The feedback has been outstanding. So please keep giving it uh, at Chasing Ruse on Instagram, Facebook, and also on Twitter. Catch us on YouTube as well. Phil Brown doing some incredible things. He's got an episode, an interview with Michael Butner coming up this week, the old Parramatta Eagle North Sydney Bear, uh, great player in his day and good friend of Phil's. So some great videos there, similar content to what we're doing here, but in video format. So if you're not there, make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube page. Uh, for every 100 subscribers up to 1,000, we're giving away or we're giving 10 Steeden Rugby League Chasing Kangaroos balls to developing nations. So we're giving balls away to, to Ghana Rugby League. We're giving balls away to Vanuatu Rugby League. Uh, there's more and more coming. So make sure you hit subscribe. Enjoy that content over there. But guys, anyway, awesome chat with Ryan Burrows, the owner of the Washington DC Cavalry for the, for the NARL. Uh, I'm going to take you straight there. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 114 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Kangaroo Chasers, very happy to have on the line with me uh, this morning, his time, tonight, my time, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, Mr. Ryan Burrows. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, man. How are you going? Oh, living the dream. Thanks for having me. Mate, love talking to you. It's been a while. We are talking uh, before I hit record about when we first met at the World Nines a couple of years ago. It seems like so long ago, man, and a lot has changed in the world since then. Uh, COVID, for example, and also you're now the owner of a club, the Washington DC Cavalry. How, how's that yeah, going? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a whirlwind's an understatement, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm very fortunate for, uh, for this whole, uh, opportunity to happen. So I'm pretty excited. Everything's, uh, everything's going well so far. Um, you know, I didn't, uh, especially during a, during a pandemic. So, mm-hmm. um, that's been the most interesting part and biggest hurdles coming with that, but we're getting it together. Yeah. You guys chose an interesting time to start a professional league, let me tell you, but it's, uh, it's all happening and it's great. And there's obviously been some setbacks. I'm going to, I'm going to start before we get into the conversation, obviously the big elephant in the room is um, the recent news about the West coast conference, obviously not happening this year, hoping it does happen in 2022. I know it's not your conference. I know you're, you're in the East coast, but um, obviously as part of the league, 
just wanted to get your opening thoughts about it and and you know what you what you think and what you can say about sort of what went down there i mean i i want to shed some light but i don't i don't know you know the, the full details but um basically uh i would say it's a timing crunch um obviously covid's not helping anything with everything being shut down and stuff like that them trying to get fields and and insurance and everything like that so um they're still they're still having the combine today uh unfortunately i was going to fly to um to vegas to try and recruit some guys which i think some of the east coast teams are if not we're going to watch the film on it oh that's but, uh, interesting that's pretty cool <laughs> well it's you know you got a, a bunch of athletes going to the same location and you know they they want to play like so um I, I think the uh, even though it, the the West Coast isn't happening, the NARL are doing a very good job with trying to keep uh, keep the West Coast morale up. Yeah. So yeah, um, <clears throat> which is key. So <clears throat> they'll uh, they'll be doing that. I think they're still. Uh, I mean, from from what I saw, there was quite a few people attending this uh, this combine. So. Um, now they'll, they'll get it going. It's unfortunate, uh, but it'll just make it better for for 2022 because they have more time to prepare. Trust me, because I'm <laughs> I'm trying to run one team, and you know, starting up six teams, I can only imagine the the process <laughs> that that's taken. So yeah, man, it's uh, it's huge, and uh, you know we've seen a few a few naysayers and a few trolls on online sort of saying, "Yeah, told you so," but like there's a lot to it, obviously, and you've. You've sort of uncovered a bit of that. I think it's great. I don't even think about giving some of the guys an opportunity to strengthen the East Coast as well. So, you know, there's definitely some good talent over there. So it makes a lot of sense if you're um going to watch some video and maybe pick up one or two players. It could be great for for the cavalry, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, you know, to, to kind of touch on, you know, people being negative and stuff like that, <laughs> the world's already full of enough negativity. So <laughs> it doesn't, none of that stuff shakes me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I don't think it bothers anyone at the NARL because it's like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here and we exist. So, well, mate, uh, you like. luckily, most of our listeners are pretty positive, man. We've got nothing but good feedback. We've had quite a few of these NARL deep dives. We've got a few more to go and people just want more of it. People want to know what's going on over there, uh, which is really cool, man. It's a credit to you guys for, for doing it during these hard times. Uh, Ryan, I want to talk about the cavalry, but I want to talk about your career because it's been pretty sensational um i'll run through some stats here so you started 2015 with the nova eagles in the usarl you scored 33 tries in 10 games which is fucking incredible like you're like you would have been like the kid in under 10s who just ran past everyone like great speed <laughs> you moved over to wentworthville magpies here in here in australia here in sydney you scored 17 tries in 15 games you're an absolute freak you <laughs> 2017-18, you're at the Toronto Wolfpack, eight tries in 11 games. You spent some time at London Scholars and Barrow Raiders on loan. 2019, you moved back home and you played a little bit of rugby union, Old Glory DC in the MLR, where you only scored two yeah. tries in three games, but, you know, that's okay. And um, <laughs> back at the Nova Eagles in 2019, five tries in two games. So, man, obviously a try-scoring machine. I didn't add up all the tries, but absolutely killing it. But... You've, you've traveled around a little bit and I guess I'm interested to know 
how it all began. Like, how did you discover rugby league back in 2015 with the Nova Eagles? Um, so it's actually kind of cool and it's kind of come full circle. Like a lot of the guys that I used to play with and stuff, I've been able to actually sign them to the cavalry, but, uh, my buddy, uh, Chris Frazier, he's the, um, he always got me to do crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, he, he got, he got me into, into rugby union. Um, and I played that and then, you know, he told me about rugby league in the summer and I was like, well, might as well. So I went and played and then, uh, we had two, uh, two imports from, from Australia that year. I actually played against them when I went to, uh, when I went to Wenny, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, Alex Franklin and Cameron Pine, they, uh, they play for Belrose Eagles. Oh, wow. But, uh, <clears throat> they came over, they were our imports and they taught me a lot. And like, I played fullback that year, um, which was, uh, definitely my favorite uh position um and then like i don't know it just uh that's kind of how it happened i started playing and then went to got invited by um to go to that like usa tryout so i drove a ways to go go to that to try out and then when i saw my name selected for the the you know, uh, 2015 World Cup qualifiers, I was like, oh, well, this could be something. <laughs> I could have a career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was always, uh, like, skeptical on, like, going because I never wanted to take off work and stuff like that. And then um, my, uh, my older brother, um, he's the one who was like, dude, you're good at so many sports. Why don't you just pick one and go be great? And then he told me that he, uh, he was like, I want you to be good enough to where I can Google you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well. Yeah. So. And he can obviously now, if you Google Ryan Burrows, you will find all of the information I sort of mentioned. So that's, that's pretty cool. And for, you know, it's, it's funny from, you, you started playing rugby league in the summer in 2015, didn't even know what it was before then, before you know it, you're repping the Hawks you're playing in Australia, you're playing for the Wolfpack and you're playing at a, at a pretty decent standard for like London Scholars and Burrows in, le- in League One. I mean, for someone that just picked up the footy for the first time not long before, it's pretty good, man. So, and, and we say it all the time, but I'm sure there's plenty of people just like you, plenty of athletes just like you in the States who could sort of do the same sort of thing. Um, How did you get to Winnie, man? How did that happen in, in one season? So when I went to the the qualifiers that's where i met um uh danny and steve howard um who who played for the hawks for quite a while yeah. uh danny was chatting to me and my brother after the uh after the jamaica game um and he was like hey i think it'd be best because he he said he knew that i was going to be selected for the world cup team i mean obviously you know me hearing that i was like yeah right <laughs> uh so he he said he was <laughs> i think his his words were he was being selfish because he wanted to have a better team but um yeah so he invited me to uh to go out there they uh i can't thank those guys enough man they they barely knew me you know and they they took a chance and decided to um offer up their houses and stuff for me to come stay. Yeah, so well. stayed with Danny for a bit. And then I moved in with Steve after like a month, I think. And, uh, 
know, they helped me get a job and start working and all that good stuff. So, you know, what those guys did for me was, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. Well, man, that's awesome. And does that make you a Parramatta Eels fan living in, in the uh, area? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, a. I don't know. I like all, all like, I can't say I like all the NRL teams, but yeah, I think, I think Parra is probably my, my biggest, uh, or I'm the, they're, they're, they're the, they, they hold the crown, I guess, to, to everyone else. Mate, fair enough. Um, they're doing okay this season too, so it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> one thing Steve I, as an animal. Steve as an one thing I um one thing I do love about you is you're a league man through and through. I mean you've you've played a bit of rugby union as you mentioned, and I remember when you switched over to old old Glory DC in the MLR in 2019, and I was really like I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh man, we've lost a guy here. Like this is a guy that could have could have done stuff in league, and he, and we've lost him. You know, and I remember messaging you and saying, oh you know, congrats on congrats on the um on the signing man on the contract, but you know, hopefully we see you again one day in league. And your response was, I'll definitely be back, brother. Don't worry. And uh, that made me feel a lot better. So, man, it's, it's, you're one of the good ones, let me tell you. Oh, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't know what it is, and it's nothing against old glory or anything, but I cannot stand Union. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, after playing, uh, you know, just it, it's so different. And you can't play union the same way you play league and vice versa. And I would just be bored sitting out on the wing, just nothing to do. And I was like, oh man, I gotta. So then obviously when COVID happened, I was like, yeah, I think, uh, I think my union days are done. Yeah, man. Well, the, and I guess you're back at Nova again. And, and then this happened. So the NARL started, you know, obviously the planning started happening and, I guess I want to know. Let's take. Let's go straight to the Washington D.C. Cavalry days. Like, how did the conversation begin? Did you were you in the in the conversation to own a club? Like, that's pretty pretty huge. Or was it just as a player? Or like, how how that all begin? Take us through that original journey and that, those initial conversations with like Ricky and Rob and the, and the guys. Yeah. So I actually I didn't meet Rob until uh, after everything was announced, which you know. He's bald, but he's he's pretty cool in my eyes. <laughs> he's a cool like dude. That. Yeah. But uh no, so Ricky called me and this was probably um I would say last middle of last summer. Um like we played we were able to play two games for the Nova Eagles last year. We played one against Delaware and one against uh Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Um, so yeah, he he approached me before we played those games and asked me if I was interested or asked me if the Nova Eagles are interested, are interested. And I was like, well, I'm not really. Uh, I had I had no say with the Nova Eagles. Um, like I, I have, n- that's that's not my team. That's not my. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not the president. I'm not anything for that club. So yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own club because they wanted to rebrand it to a DC name because it was a better marketing uh, marketing tool. So I was like, all right, well. And the funny part is right when I signed with Old Glory, they hadn't released the na- uh, name yet. It was still DC MLR. And they asked me if I had any uh, 
<laughs> any name ideas and the DC cavalry came to mind then. Oh, well. Uh, so, which is kind of weird. Um, and then, uh, once, once Ricky told me about it, I was like, yep, I already got a name for it. And <laughs> by, by that time I was like, wow, okay. So we went, uh, he asked us if we could go play, um, you know, not asked us, but you know, we wanted to get some games in anyway. So we scheduled that game against Cleveland and, um, it really helped both of us. I think that, uh, that match to get, you know, the, I don't want to say the the sides selected into the NARL, but you know, to show you can put a decent product on the field and and go from there. I think it helped. Well, I think it was pretty huge. Yourself and Monty got us um, to to get that game organized when nothing else, literally nothing else, was happening sport wise in the states. You guys managed to pull that one off, and it was um, a huge event. First game ever for Cleveland. Huge event for you guys, and and yeah, you proved that you can do it against adversity, which is kind of like I'm sure it gave you some brownie points when you know when the NRL were looking for clubs. You mentioned um, the cavalry was a name that you um, had already thought of. Where did it come from? You you kind of pulled it out of nowhere, surely. Like, there's what's the background behind it? Yeah, so the cavalry is it's a part of the military branch where they used to ride horses. Yeah. Um, yeah like infantry on horses basically before tanks and all that good stuff. So, uh, um, and then I was actually, the cavalry name came before that, but I, I don't know what it was. I was just trying to think, cause I wanted to keep it patriotic. Cause obviously a lot of the teams in DC, like even old glory itself, they're red, white, and blue and yep. kind of repetitive and the same, same color, same, you know, <laughs> There's there's not too much that's different. So, um, you know, I wanted to keep it somewhat patriotic as well, but have a little twist to it. So that's when I was like, well, I was in the Army, and, like, uh, I looked at the Army Black Knights, uh, the university, their, their colors. Yep. Um, and that's kind of like the color scheme that we're going with. So it's not the same red, white, and blue. So it's like black, gold, and gray. Yeah, cool. And and then um, kind of just, I don't know. It was just, it was weird because like I couldn't come up with, I tried to, I heard that name and I tried to come up with other names and nothing just sounded right. It sounded as good. And I was just like, nope, that's it. I think we found a winner. Yeah. It's funny when, so. you, when you know, you know with branding. And like I, I mentioned before, I'm disappointed. It's not like the dragons because, uh, there's a history there, the Slayers in DC, but the Dragon Slayers. But you know, Cavalry sounds like it's it sounds like it was right for you, and it sounds like you it's gonna be it's gonna get bigger and bigger for you as well. Um, yeah, we uh, we've already like started to because <laughs> I had someone like I kind of made the logo, yeah. And then I had someone obviously give their professional opinion on it and kind of edit it. Um, <clears throat> so I had that done, but I think. Like chances of us rebranding are probable for next year. Yeah, cool. Oh, good man. You have to have a chat to Matt Haynes. Um, I'll put you. Uh, actually, that's that's uh that's who uh, that's who I got it from. So sensational. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. Um, tell me about the hats that you're wearing at this club. Like you're an owner, but you're going to be a player, obviously, as well. Are you going to be coaching? Like, what what roles are you playing in in the first season? 
Well, the the first year with obviously with everything going on and you know trying to bring guys over from overseas and stuff like that, and also trying to like my biggest thing is I want to develop the guys here in America. Yeah. Um, that's like that's my main priority. So, and I have some really good young young kids that are that are coming out. Um, and I'm very excited about them. So my biggest thing, like I'm, I'm owning, uh, I have uh, a guy um, who I played at Old Glory with. Actually, um, I'm not going to say his name yet, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> but um, you know he's he's played rugby league before. Um, he's from he's from Australia, so he, uh, he he's helping with the the coaching stuff as well. And then I have another guy um, who's like kind of on the staff. Um, who's also helping me coach, uh, named Alan from St. Helens. Um, so, and he, he's doing a, he's doing a great job. So, um, I I have help in all the right places. Um, you know, trying to owning the team, coaching the team and playing is a little different because like now the conversations I have with the, I I can't be one of the boys just, just, just having a good time all the time because I got to, you know, yell at people and all that good stuff. So <laughs> it's a, it's a fine line to walk, but I think I'm doing a pretty decent job so far. Yeah. Good stuff, man. It's a, it's a big, big step up from, like you say, at um, Nova Eagles, you were just a player, you know, you didn't have a say, you know, which is fine. A lot of players are like that, but all of a sudden there's a lot of responsibility and uh, you seem to be stepping up and that's, that's really good, man. Where are you finding the talent? Like I know you guys had a combine recently, like what sort of players are you uncovering, signing? Where are you looking? What are you looking for? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, a lot of guys have just come out of the woodworks. See, the biggest issue I had with, not really, I wouldn't say it's an issue, but the, the quota limit for uh, MLR clubs is like 13 can play on game day. So they're not developing young players they're offering them training contracts not paying them anything and expecting them just to be okay with not playing well, and yeah. I, I have an issue with that because it doesn't help so some guys are guys who uh who are who are you know in mlr i'll actually quite a few quite a few guys who are in mlr and some have dabbled in league before but they never really played it like um one guy is from that we have is from south africa He's never played league, but he, he was a he was a damn good union player, and uh, I'm pretty excited to have him as well because it's like, you know, he never really got a chance to um, to, to do anything, um, but he's he's been in the states for more than ten years. So, oh wow, a lot of the union clubs that are in the area, like D1, D2, D3, whatever, they kind of get players and they hoard them, like. They, they say, oh, well, if you go do this, you'll never be allowed back or blah, 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 or I won't help you with anything anymore. And you know what? Like, if they want to do that, that's fine because I'm going to give these guys an opportunity that they'll probably never have in their lifetime. Yeah, they'll never want to so, go back. Yeah, and uh, I've had uh, certain coaches around here. I'm not going to name them by name, but, you know, trying to, trying to flex a bit and say, like, oh, you got to get your players from me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, go fuck yourself. Excuse my language, <laughs> That's but okay. you know, like, uh, I'm not, I, I didn't start this to, you know, to do anything but help kids, younger guys, kids, whatever, get the opportunity, even older guys get the opportunity. I mean, they may have one or two good years left. You don't know. 
So give them the opportunity to to make a paycheck playing a sport that they love. And, you know, if, if that hurts other people's feelings, so be it. But as far as I'm concerned, they're, they mean nothing to me. And the only thing that, that I'm concerned about is the, the welfare of my players and, um, you know, helping them get to whatever goals that they want to achieve. It's interesting. So you're getting pushback from the union clubs. Is that right? Because it sounds like, I mean, we keep getting told that in the States, league and union coexist and work well together, but you're getting a little bit of pushback in DC in particular. They, they, they coexist and work well together when union clubs would just send their, their worst players uh, to the league teams yeah. or guys that they, they would never play. Um, and I'm not saying that they were bad players, but you know, the, the, it's not the, the top guys at the club. So it's like, uh, you, you know, you're sending the, the guys who, because the way it works is like in the fall is like the regular season. And then the spring is like the playoffs and stuff. Yeah. And then obviously there was nothing this year. They just, I don't know. Their mindset is mind blowing because it's like, they're, they're trying to do all these things for an MLR team that just isn't even acknowledging anything that they're trying to do. Like they're trying to go above and beyond to help this club out. And they really give no fucks. Like they, they just give no fucks and you can see it clear as day, but it's like, you're trying to get all these people and hoard them for your club to try and get them a training contract when a training contract, like there's one guy at old glory right now. Who's like, you know, one of the, you know, I'm not saying he's one of the best I've ever seen, but he's a pretty damn good player and he hasn't even gotten a run. And I'm like, if he's not getting a run, I don't know who else will. So when they, when they hoard these players or whatever, or don't want to basically the biggest kickback I had was from a, from a club, a guy who I'm actually was friends with, I guess, you know, he wanted me to have guys skip the combine to, go play for his union club. And he had an issue with that. And I'm like, bro, what the hell is wrong with you? Like these guys are, are trying out and possibly signing contracts on Saturday. And you want them to come play in a union game. That means absolutely nothing. It makes no sense to me. You know, it's not sanctioned. It's not, I mean, it might, it might be sanctioned. I don't know. I don't, USA rugby went bankrupt. So who knows with them? <laughs> yeah. People's uh, outlook on things when they feel threatened by something, that's when they have an issue with it. So typically union, I mean, I think, I believe Atlanta has a really good uh, partnership with uh, the union clubs down there in that yeah, area, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had a few like lower level um, union clubs reach out to me, um, which is good. So there, there's some positive and there's some negative, but you know, for the most part, it's like, I'm trying to, you know, we're, we're building Rome here. So uh, if I hurt anyone's feelings along the way, yeah. Oh, well, so be it. I think you hit the nail on the head with the, the word threatening. Like once, you know, when it's just like, oh, it's just a little little summer league, you know, we'll, we'll let some of our guys play. But when it's like professional contracts and it's potential competition uh, for, for Old Glory, for example, all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's on, you know what I mean? So I can kind of understand that. But, I mean, I, I, you'd think there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of talent. There's plenty of fans, you know, that you – it's easier to grow together than apart, but you know we've seen stranger things happen in in the past uh, with union versus league, and we don't have to get into those in this podcast. All our <laughs> all our listeners are aware of that, but it's shocking to me that it's still sort of happening over there because we keep hearing otherwise. You know, it's very interesting, mate. Let's let's talk. Let's change the subject because I could probably talk about that all day. But mate, um, you, some players are. Uh, they wanted to go to the combine and not play their union games because they're, they're getting contracts. But some of them 
probably wanted to meet Daniel Vito, who was who was at the com- combine, the full, yeah. former Samoan international NRL star, absolute legend. He's in the WWE at the moment, but uh, mate, t- how, what's Daniel's involvement? I, I assume that, I, I assume Vince McMahon's not letting him play rugby league, but he, he was there <laughs> at the combine. How, tell me about that. No, so uh, yeah, he was he was there at the combine. He's a uh, I mean, one of the, the coolest people I think I've met in my lifetime. You know, you usually meet someone, um, you know, of that status and they're a bit, you know, I don't want to say arrogant, but this man was nothing but humble. He was, he was great. He, he ran lines with the boys passing the ball and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he, he participated in some of the things where he could. And, uh, he's just a, also a freak athlete. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, nah, he, uh, uh, Rob Curtis actually got him to to come up, and uh, they, I think they tried to get uh, Luke Menzies, who I used to play at Toronto with, um, who's actually in the WWE now as well. Yeah, well, um, but he he obviously just suffered a pretty pretty gruesome injury to I think his knee or ankle, which is unfortunate. But he's uh, now they're 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 working with a, a partnership or something uh, involving the WWE, Pedo being able to help with like recruiting and um I, I forgot the title they, they they might be giving him but um he uh yeah he, he was he was real good at like picking out like oh this guy's gonna be good at that watch and then you know they, the guy would go and do it like oh this guy's got a heck of a step and then you you know you watch it and it's like okay well yeah he definitely knows what he's talking about <laughs> yeah well but, that's um, pretty cool because so, he's in Wash- he lives in Washington now, hey. So it's good to see he's involved more and more. No, he li- he lives in he's in Florida. Oh, he's in he's Florida. In, uh, now. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, he's in my Florida. bad. <laughs> yeah, he flew up for the weekend. Yeah, so cool, man. That's awesome. I, we, at first, I thought, hold on a second, is Ryan about to announce that Vito's their their fullback or or something like that? Like that would be insane. <laughs> we were close, but it would have been great to have him there. And I did hear. I did hear a little rumor about uh, the the partnership with WWE and potential for some of the um some of the athletes that don't quite make it into the WWE to to have a have a go at rugby league, which um I think would be cool not only from a from a playing like an athletic perspective but also from like a media perspective because like you know the the wrestlers know how to cut a promo and um it'll be cool to hear some of the post match interviews from these boys. Um, so it's, it could be very interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, they're getting guys from trying out from NFL and you know, just high quality athletes who who maybe have uh, you know nine out of the ten boxes ticked for WWE, and then you know if that one box is is big enough to where they're like, oh, hey, sorry, we're not going to. Uh, we're not going to sign you. And then they have the opportunity. Well, if you want to go play um, some rugby, then you have that chance as well. Cause you know, any, any kid growing up in America or I'm sure most places, you know, you, you want to say you're a professional athlete, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the chance that, you know, uh, some of these guys who maybe tried out for NFL teams and never actually like made the squad or made the 53 man roster, to get kicked back, they still want to pursue something. I mean, I was the same way. Like, uh, you know, I always felt like I could, I could play a sport, you know, at, like do, do well at something. Uh, I just, I never knew it would be a, you know, <laughs> a rugby league, but, um, 
you know, that that's what these guys, these guys want. So, um, you know, it's another outlet for them. Even, even guys coming out of college, right? Like, so think about this and this is just D one schools, like division one, like Alabama and stuff like that. They have 180,000 collegiate athletes who don't go to the NFL mm-hmm. almost every year. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you, now you give them another path, um, to, you know, to chase a dream, whether it's the, the sport they wanted to do it in or not, that's, that's great. So, you know, the NARL realized that and they realized that, you know, maybe in, you know, maybe past my playing days, but, you know, five to 10 years from now, uh, you know, if, if we can get enough of these high profile NFL guys or, you know, uh, hot, you know, good college. Like I didn't go to college. Like, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just a normal kid from fucking Manassas, Virginia. <laughs> like, um, you know, so, and there, there's guys who, even guys on my team now on the cavalry, like there's some young kids who I'm like, God, you're levels above me when I was that age. Like I didn't even play rugby at that age. And yeah, you know, I got these 21 year olds who are big, strong, fast, know the game and you know, they're only going to get better. So, um, it's just, it's just another outlet really for, for athletes. It's great to be getting them that young. And I guess is there, we keep hearing about the plans for like junior development and incentives for, for that sort of thing, like getting into schools and stuff like that. Are there any plans for you guys to be doing that in your, in your local areas and, and really trying to, to grow some junior leagues and get some talent for the future? Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, I mean, this year with everything kind of going on, it's going to be a bit tight, but we're going to try and roll it out early next year. The, um, our academy team. Yep. Um, so a lot of guys who, um, are either still in college or whatever, who, who can't get, like, can't actually receive a paycheck, um, cause it would void their college eligibility. Um, we're starting an academy team to where they can still come to training, be around the boys and all that good stuff and, and learn and then develop that way. So, um, we're, we're in the process of rolling all that stuff out. Um, which is great. Cause you know, before <laughs> I remember like Nova Eagles training, you know, there'd be <laughs> like maybe seven to eight guys at training or <laughs> like something like that. Like we'd never have, I think the most we ever had would be like 15. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> you can run full sets and then, you know, you have two defenders. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and now, you know, we're getting close to almost 40 guys at, at every training session. And it's like, man, this is incredible. And like, we actually had a full on, uh, bash the other day, a training and, uh, oh, post session. That's cool. Yeah. Like it was, a, it's this little drill I learned when we were in Toronto. So basically you'd have like six to eight on each team and like have three different teams. And then you'd run from 40 out to the, to the goal line, trying to score. Uh, if they score and the same team defends against the next attacking uh, against the next attackers. And then if they stop them, then whoever just attacked defends. And it just, it's, it's a continuous thing. And yeah, we beat each other up for about 45 minutes, which was, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Good stuff, man. You don't want to be but, defending for too long. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, I think the the passion and the, uh, the effort that the boys are showing is just like, you, you can tell they want this bad, which is, I can't, I can't teach that to anyone. I can't, I can't make them want it. Like 
you know, you either want it or you don't. So the effort that they're showing, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really good to see. Yeah. I love it, man. They've got something to play for, you know, I know like it's a, it's a paycheck, right? But it's not, it's not like they're getting rich from playing. Like they're not, it's not like phenomenal money when it comes to professional sport in the States, not yet anyway, but you can just see it's just that little incentive and all of a sudden the numbers are exploding. Like to be getting 40 guys to training um, for an American rugby league team, like these sort of things were unheard of not too long ago. So it's incredible. It's an incredible thing. And, you know, despite what might be, what have, what may have happened in the West coast, you know, there's, there's a, the East still has a lot of potential and there's a, it's going to be a great season for you guys. I'm wondering about, you know, I want to know what your most, I guess, unique challenges are this season, because it's been a short season, you know, you haven't got a lot of time to put it all together. Comp starts in a few weeks time. Um, so, so what, you know, what are you doing to fast track that? And I guess what are some of the challenges that you're facing between now and, and the first kickoff? Uh, the biggest challenge I would say, <clears throat> put it this way, if we had an all domestic side and all domestic comp with no imports, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't want to, I think we'd be close to the top of the table with the guys that we have out. Um, so the biggest challenge is bringing those key imports over where, um, you know, they're, uh, playing the roles that, that you need them to play. Um, so trying to bring guys over and, you know, with the whole, they only allow travel from certain countries now and all that good stuff. Um, obviously COVID hopefully it lifts soon, but that that's, I think one of the bigger challenges. And then also trying to get guys to play, uh, rugby league and not play the way they play rugby union on the field yeah um is the the biggest challenges it's like you, you know if i whether you're a strong ball carrier and and union or league it's kind of the same thing right so like if you take good carries in union like strong carries, strong runs you get you're probably going to do that in league it's just kind of fine-tuning the little things like making sure you retreat 10 every time. If you're, you know, last up in the tackle, you have to go to marker. You have to be square. Yes. Yeah. Just, just simple little things like that. Um, even the play, the quick ball. play, the balls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, I tell people like in training and I'm like, like even when we're not doing full contact and I just have them simulate a three man tackle. And, uh, I'm like, I need you to play the ball quick. And, they they confuse that with just trying to play it once they get touched. And I'm okay. like, no, yeah. it's like when you're getting up, you got to play it quick. Um, some, some guys catch on some guys. It's, it's just taking a little bit longer cause they've never really been taught. So it's like the patience is, uh, one, I'm not very patient. Um, I'm not a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is what it is. But uh, I think you got to give, you do have to give it time while speaking to, um, a few months ago now we had a podcast episode about South African rugby league. And my guest there was, um, was saying that, uh, you know, in the early days or not too long ago, they would have the start of every season would be really slow and really sloppy because they'd have a lot of rugby union guys coming in and, and not really transitioning too quickly. Um, but after, after a few rounds of competition, they'd sort of get there and he said that after a few seasons of that, you got more. You've now got like rugby league guys that like focus more on league, and it's very different now. So it's just going to take time, brother. But I think um, I think you guys will get there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's working out. So um, it's always been a process, and you know the the standard of the like the standard of the USARL. You know, they they called it semi professional, but realistically, it was it was amateur, and it was. And I'm not knocking them in any way, shape, or form. Like, you know, the quality of the game because it was very hard to get people to come over here, travel, get imports, get the right people to coach when you have no funding behind it. Yeah, yeah. That's that was the hardest thing, right? So, like, you know, now we have the opportunity with some funding and stuff to to really see what this game can do and see the quality of of how much it's improved. Like, even if you watch the MLR, like, you know. Those guys drop the ball. Those guys, like, you know, they're not perfect. Um, I'm not saying that the first year for the NARL is going to be perfect or you're going to see the same style of play that you would see, you know, the the Eels or something have, but it'll be fun to watch because, one, people can relate more to, to rugby league here in the States than they can rugby union. Um, like, my missus, she, she, uh, she watched a game uh, of rugby league for the first time she's never watched rugby ever yeah and she watched us play against delaware last year and then i was just messing around and went and played a a union game a few probably like a month and a half ago um with blackwater down in in lynchburg which was my brother's old club i just went down and i I was just like just having a you know blast but she was like the other one's way more fun to watch (laughs) than than this i was like well if she's saying it then yeah yeah, I like her man, keeper. Keeper, she sounds yeah. good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is your brother yeah, still playing? Something. Is your brother still playing? Yeah. So you know, uh, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my brother actually used to play. We started probably around the same time. Um, <clears throat> he was playing for that that club I just mentioned, Blackwater, and I was playing up here for uh, the Blue Ridge team. And then, uh, unfortunately, my brother tore his ACL. Oh no! So he was also in the Navy at the time. So after he did that, he hadn't really played uh, anything until. And my brother was a you know played linebacker in American football and stuff. Like he's he's a good athlete. Um, he just doesn't get the credit yet. Um, so he uh, he went to he he deployed twice, um, and he's come back and now he's here. And then, like he, like, um, I posted it on the uh, on the Cavalry's Instagram page. But against the Delaware game, he actually broke down the sideline, um, you know. And and he's he's bigger than me. Like he's playing in the back row. So oh well. Um, but he he's still quite. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Judging by that video, he might beat me in a hundred meters. <laughs> but, You're gonna have to have a sprint race. It's gonna it could be. Yeah. So he's playing. He's playing for Washington for Cavalry. Yeah. So yeah. So I signed him. Um, yeah. Good. <laughs> The borough is yeah, nice. which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, and I, I don't know if, if people are going to say, "Oh, he only signed him because it's his brother" or whatever. But if they say that, then they're they're seriously mistaken because the dude can ball. Well, he'll have to prove it on the field, mate. He's going to get a chance soon, so he can. Yeah, oh, exactly. We'll see what this. I just I just can't wait to watch it. Yeah, so cool, so cool, man. You mentioned um the USARO earlier, um, and I, yep. one question I did have was Nova Eagles. Are they? Do they still exist, or is it with you and a few of the other players? Are they no more over there in the USARL? So after, I'll tell you this, and whether this hurts people's feelings or not, you know, it is what it is. 
I'm not responsible for any relationship between the USARL and NARL. I have nothing to do with that. I don't know who they asked. I don't know who. I just know I was presented an opportunity, so I decided to take it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to me and my team now, uh, I was happy to have the Nova Eagles because obviously, you know, you, we're going to have, like, like I said, we're having 40 guys at training, so we're going to have to have a, a developmental side. Um, and then when, when that statement was released, saying that you can't you know, represent the, the USA Hawks if you play in this league, blah, 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 blah. One, to me, that was an act of desperation, and it was a, it was a meaningless threat. Like, don't get me wrong, if my days of playing for the USA are over, they're over. Oh, well. You know, I had my time. But um, the, the whole, um, you know, battle between the two, like... I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. But when it comes to me and my club, I'm not going to let my players go play in a competition that releases something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying I have control over the Novi Eagles because I don't, but I have control over the players who are playing for me to not send them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, that's 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 where I stand on it. Yeah, man, I appreciate your honesty too, because that's what we want. You know, we want to hear your truth, and it's just a damn shame because if if everyone was working well together, then Nova would be a great place for at least half of those guys to get games every week while they're trying to make the 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 first grade side, the NARL side, for one of a better better way of describing it. So, you know, there's opportunities there, and it could um. You know, a successful NARL could help the USARL and vice versa. And, you know, look, you know more about what's happening over there on the ground, but, you know, it would be nice to see if, if rugby union hates rugby league, well, at least the rugby leagues can, can get together and be friendly, maybe. So it could be, could be <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. But, mate, um, I do appreciate your honesty. My last question for you really is about the future. So... I want to know like what your future plans are for yourself, for Ryan Burrows. What are you doing in the next few years of your playing career? What does the future hold for the cavalry in particular? Where do you see the club in the next few years and, and building in your professionalism? And um, why should, why, why should the fans support you guys? Like what is, why is what you're doing better than what the other guys are doing? Oh boy. Uh, okay. So <laughs> That's <laughs> a three-parter. Three-parter. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess when it comes to, to myself, uh, I'll just knock that out real quick. You know, I, I got, I've had some, some pretty uh, bad injuries, um, especially to my hamstring. I feel like I'd pull it or tear it every other week. But, um, you know, I, I think I could see myself playing for maybe another two, two to three years, maybe. Um, and then obviously just trying to run the club full time and, and, you know, help, uh, like I said earlier, help, help young guys, uh, achieve their goals. And I, I want to get them, I want to keep them here, obviously, um, to build them, but you know, I want them to earn contracts overseas and have the chance to go over there in England or Australia and do some of the things, same things that I did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So that that's me as a person. Um, for the club, club. I mean, you know, the sky's really the limit. So just trying to, uh, you know, the next two years with working a normal job and trying to run a club is going to be tough. But 
uh, this is what I signed up for. So I want to <clears throat> eventually obviously have an academy team, uh, you know, build it from the ground up. Uh, I even thought about like in five to 10 years time, I hope to be able to, you know, possibly either build my own stadium no, well. or, or buy the rights to a stadium um, that we have and put a gym in it and everything like that. And hopefully have at least, you know, maybe eight to 10 full-time players. Um, if not a full squad, if we, if we've exceeded that much, but that's, that's the long-term goal eventually is to have, you know, some full-time players. Like when I talk about like some of the young kids we have now, like they'll, they'll be able to do it. A lot of the older guys who are in their late twenties, early thirties, they've already got careers, so they can't just, you know, they're not going to be able to play forever. So, um, you know, these, these young kids who are like 21, yeah, they can play for 10 years and, uh, see where we go from there. But, uh, that's, that's my goal from the, from the club standpoint, um, is to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking long-term, not just this year. So, yeah, that's good. Um, it, it's just getting the guys to buy in, which so far everyone has, which is, which is, uh, very relieving. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm appreciating your honesty in this conversation. It's really refreshing. I love it. Is there anything, uh, any any messages for the fans or anything um, you'd, I've missed that you'd like to share um, before we uh, before we call it a day on this convo? Ah, uh, man. I mean, <laughs> just uh, I don't know. I guess just see what what product we put out on the field, and if you like us, you like us. If you don't, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. You're not afraid to say it how it is. I love it. Uh, Ryan Burrows, always great chatting to you, man. Hopefully we have to catch up in real life sometime in the future once all this COVID stuff is out of the way. But uh, good luck for season one of the NARL for for the Washington, D.C. Cavalry. And Ryan Burrows, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, brother. Yeah, no worries. I thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own.